It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Mike at Bengals underscore Sands Santagata here to talk to us about some film takeaways from his observations of the Bengals' new free agents. Before we get there, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you over. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Jake Blisco, at James Rapine, and at Bengals underscore Sands mentioned that a minute ago. Mike, welcome back to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today, we're going to dive into some offensive line film takeaways. You've watched all of these guys as either preparation or reaction to the Bengals signing them. We're going to talk a little bit about Hayden Hurst before we dive into that. Really quick, a couple notes. Trey Wayne's officially released. Many of you were waiting for this to happen, asking when it would happen. That has occurred. Trent Nerwin also back on a one-year deal. He was an exclusive rights-free agent. I assume the deal is similar to that exclusive rights tender, around $825,000. We do not have official terms. And finally... Jeff Hobson reported on Bengals.com that Stanley Morgan Jr. likely to return to the Bengals in the near future. That out of the way, Mike, let's dive in first to Lyle Collins. The biggest acquisition for the Bengals, I would say, this offseason. You could make perhaps an argument for franchise tagging Jesse Bates, of course, but right tackle getting a big upgrade in Lyle Collins. You've called him near elite, if not elite. What do you see when you watch his tape that puts him in that stratosphere? Yeah, borderline elite. I think he's a top five right tackle in the league. And I was saying that before they before they signed him too. But, I mean, he does a lot of stuff really well. The first thing I think of is he's very powerful. His hands, he's got dynamite hands to really knock guys. <clears throat> guys coming full head of steam, he'll stop them in their tracks. And – when he's on combo blocks or anything, when he hits a guy to move them over, I don't know, half a gap or give his guy better leverage, he kind of knocks him over like at a gap, gap and a half, and really opens that hole before climbing to the second level. So those are more run blocking things I think of. Um, but he's he's surprising in the passing game too. I think he's very patient. He's got a little bit of a length issue. He's around Jonah-like arms. And sometimes that leads to him two-hand punching a little bit, which Bengals fans seem to be vehemently opposed to. And I don't love it either. He does a little bit more than I like, but he does have the ability to use independent hands as well. I just think he leans onto his two hands sometimes. But he is what he is at this point. Maybe Frank and Coach Alvin, maybe not. Even with it, he's still doing a great job. So he's very patient, though. A lot of guys will use their – will. throw out their move before he even tries to punch into them. That happened a lot with Cam Jordan 
and uh, just throwing out a swipe, a cross chop, anything. And once you throw out that move and then he gets his hands on it, you're just, it's done. Uh, he's great grip strength. And the other thing that makes him awesome to watch is he loves putting defenders on their face and on their back, but his snatch trap is so good. That's, that's when a guy's got his hand on you, like in your chest, and you just punch down on it and just think of having all of your weight on something. And then that's immediately removed. You, you fall down. He got Nick Bosa with it. He got a whole bunch of guys with it and does it all the time. It's fun to watch. Takes a guy out of a play real quick. Uh, but yeah, I, everything he brings, he's a extremely good run blocker and he's a, I'd say good, a very good pass protector as well. Uh, the only issues I, I think of are, does he look a little bit better than he should because he had uh, Zach Martin next to him? I mean, <laughs> walk-in Hall of Fame right guard. He knows he has that on the inside to help. And uh, I don't know, uh, worry about uh, just that two-hand punch and length a little bit too and a little bit of oversetting. But all that comes out in the wash when you look at everything else he does that's at an elite level. Yeah, clearly a, a huge, huge upgrade goes without saying, but uh, apply what you watched on film to this Bengals offense. How is it going to be different? How is it going to maybe change what they can do, can't do with Collins at right tackle? Yeah, I don't think there's much that they can't do because of him at right tackle, and that's nice because mm -hmm. I felt like <laughs> with uh, a few guys that have played right tackle last year, it was very much they can zone block and get themselves in good position, but it, you can't really ask them to move a defender. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's athletic. Everything Frank said uh, in the run game in that interview that you recorded on uh, your other channel, James, uh, about being athletic, playing at the second level, all of that, along with being a glass eater. I talked about him putting guys on his face, putting them on his back. He loves finishing. Um, but yeah, he should do great in what I still think will be their main run system will be the wide zone. He should do great on combination. I think all three guys that they signed are great on combination blocks, but him specifically to knock a guy over a gap and a half and then climb to the second level is awesome. And to go with that, he's athletic so that he doesn't, doesn't get juked out of his shoes by linebackers or anything. And Hey, the Bengals second favorite run play is duo from the gun. And maybe they're going to do that more because they're going to maybe be a more gun centric offense. And he's a guy that'll really get some movement on those double teams. And, Love to see that, especially I think Cap is that guy too. So those those double teams on the right side might be deadly. It'll be interesting to see if the run game does change. And I want to talk about how the scheme might change because the addition of Hayden Hurst, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, makes me think, well, maybe they don't have to go inline tight end so much as they did with CJ Uzama, keeping him into chip quite a bit. They would go two tight ends to chip sometimes. They would put Samaj P. Ryan on the line of scrimmage at times or put him right behind a guard at times to help and to chip and pass protection. What are the biggest scheme changes you think that adding Lyle Collins enables? One thing I've, I think I've seen you talk about is you feel much better about leaving both of your tackles on islands, for example. So what does that unlock? Yeah. So, I mean, then your five man protections are a little bit more, uh, they're a little bit more viable. Uh, you can run them. They were trying this with their five-man protections with like Isaiah Prince at right tackle and whoever at right guard, and it was just getting destroyed early in the year. Uh, that was Reef, but still the right guard was a mixture of Xavier Suofilo and whoever else, and Hopkins wasn't himself. So, 
you had that going on. They're still trying these five-man protections. I think you can really get into that now because you have two tackles you can leave on an island, and the interior should provide a stable pocket, left guard depending. That Who knows if a guy steps up, um, hopefully. But uh, if I was looking at last year, I'd think, okay, center's probably going to slide to the left guard. <laughs> if it's the same guys <laughs> but um yeah you can leave him on an island six man protection with a running back i feel confident having him on the man side uh either one could be on the man side so you can't just bring a blitz to uh one side try to get the running back to commit to that side and then the one thing i think with hurst is i still think they're going to ask him to pass protect a little bit because they really like that split back gun against teams that blitz heavy and i think you're gonna unless you're gonna put drew sample back there which i could see just because you're not really going very deep on a route from the from offset gun. But yeah. I almost think they might do it with Hurst because they might want to motion into it when they see a heavy pressure design. So that's something where that'll be interesting to see when they first play Baltimore. Well, I guess Wink Martindale's gone, huh? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe they still blitz. <laughs> first team that gets a little exotic with their blitzes. I'd like to see if they use Hurst in that split back or if they're going to bring in sample or a draft pick. Who knows? We will see. And we'll talk about Hayden Hurst and how he can contribute to the Cincinnati Bengals offense, how he's different from CJ Uzama. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But before we go there, Ted Karras and Alex Kappa are the two other new known Cincinnati Bengals plan starters on the offensive line. We'll talk about those guys and what we see for them on film coming up next. It's tourney time. How many teams do you have left in the Sweet 16? If you're like Jake Lisko, you have zero. But... I'm sure you have a couple, and that's why you need to get the bet online right now. It's a one-stop shop for all of your college basketball needs. You get the latest odds, contests, player props, and so much more. It's the best spot for the scores and the news this season. And it's not just college basketball. No, no, no. NBA with the playoffs right around the corner. Get well soon, Steph Curry. And so much more. Maybe you just think that the great wall built in front of Joe Burrow, it's time to bet on him to be MVP next season. You can do that and so much more at Bet Online. So check them out there. Head to the website. You can use your mobile device or your laptop PC today and sign up. It's free to sign up. Check them out. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, there are two other new offensive linemen in town for the Cincinnati Bengals recently introduced. A lot of red hair also coming back to the Bengals, really, in for the first time in a big way since Andy Dalton was the quarterback in uh, Alex Kappa and Hayden Hurst. We'll talk about Hayden Hurst, like I said, toward the end of the show. But Alex Kappa is the next big upgrade that I would want to get into when Right guard was just such a problem for this team last year. Quentin Spain provided some stability for most of the year at left guard, but right guard, as we've discussed, was a turnstile both in terms of how it did in pass protection and the players that lined up there on a rotating basis. 
Kappa will be expected to stabilize the spot. When you look at him on tape, doesn't seem like a perfect fit for the wide zone scheme, Mike, but from a traits perspective, how do you evaluate him and what does he bring to the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line? Yeah. So, I mean, from the traits, he's, he's not a great athlete. I mean, just get that out in the front. I mean, he's, he's not terrible, but he's not a great athlete. And that's the wide zone portion of this. That seems like he's not a great fit. He's really strong. He's got a lot of power, but like Lyle Collins, um, same thing with the, he moves guys gap and a half with his hands. He, he could drive really well. He's got really good grip strength. Um, and I was surprised with his short area quickness to be able to mirror guys. And this is true about Ted Karras too. Who's not a great athlete, but has good short area quickness to mirror guys. He does well at the second level. And I like that he keeps such a nice wide base when he uh, pass protects, because it really helps him anchor down quickly. He was able to anchor against Aaron Donald a few times, and that's kind of eye-opening stuff to be alone with Aaron Donald and be able to anchor against him because, like Gino, I mean, he's got the leverage, he's got the strength, he's got all of that. And, uh, I mean, the other thing that Cap uh, is going to bring you is insane toughness to try to play. He played a game with a broken arm, tried to play a game with a broken leg. He, he's not going to miss for uh, just any type of injury. I mean, they'll have to – they'll have to strap him to the bench for him to not come back in. Uh, but yet limited athleticism for the wide zone stuff. And I thought the bucks in general were kind of bad with their stunt pickups, but he was uh, also, he was individually not great at those as well, but it, that's one of the strengths I thought of Ted Karras was uh, his work to process stunts and post snap movement really quickly. With these two guys, it, it's easy. I mean, I have a Tom Brady picture to my what right as you're watching this um so it's uh it's pretty clear look they play with brady they have a combined three rings one thing frank pollock said last week was the their ability to pass protect in drop back situations which we saw in the super bowl three-step drops were a dream you know a wish that were never going to really happen at least clean and so uh how are they in that Area, you said that the anchoring part, it seems like that that it, it fits. And to me, maybe we're going to see more of that. Maybe it's going to be Joe throw some darts, let Joey cook. And uh, that doesn't mean that they're not going to run the ball. I'm not saying that. But maybe it unlocks another element of this passing game or another level that they haven't been able to, to dial up because of the offensive line. Yeah, I think both of them are better pass protectors and run blockers, even with Alex Kappa being a really powerful dude. Uh yeah, Kappa's great at anchoring. Karras just picks up stunts so well, and he does a really good job of refitting his hands, staying inside, doing everything right from that front. Um, I do think he can get knocked back a little bit by power, but then you look and he's playing center, and uh, that's not as big of a deal. You get head-up noses sometimes, but half the time he plays, he's probably just going to be helping people. So that's nice of <laughs> that's that's nice for that being one of his issues. And I, I thought, oh, Karras gets a lot of the slide help because of Shaq Mason in New England. And then, uh, well, he's playing center now, so he is the slide help. But, yeah, I, I think what they did when they were looking for guys was looking for guys that pass protect really well. Collins does pass protect well, but I think he is a little bit more of a, a run blocker, which maybe they prefer at right tackle. Um, but they got guys that pass protect well and guys that could work in the scheme. They're not terrible scheme fits. Neither one's a slug out there, which I th kind of thought Bradley Bozeman kind of was, which I was, that's why I was surprised about him being linked to the Bengals so often. Um, 
But those two guys, they can move a little bit. They both play pretty well at the second level, and they both do a really good job on their combination blocks. So I thought, okay, this is easy to see how this could work in a wide zone system. And they both ran duo quite a bit. And I'm, uh, I kind of think maybe that means they'll run a little bit more duo this year, maybe play a little bit more from the gun. I don't think they're going to move to a full-on power, counter, all that type of system, but I could think that the the split between wide zone and duo is going to shrink uh, and become a little bit 50-50 or 55-45. So, yeah, great pass protectors. They can fit the scheme well, and I think uh, I think I think uh, Joey's going to be happy. <laughs> Maybe be able to take some five-step drops from uh, five-man protection. <laughs> I think that's certainly the hope. And we've talked a lot about the impact on the passing game. The ability for Joe Burrow to have more clean pockets will amplify his production, period. The most stable pro football focused metric for passers is clean pocket production. And Joe Burrow has been amazing in that part of his statistical profile for the last three years, going back to LSU, which is one of the reasons that they liked him so much going into the draft. So we expect that pass protection will be better with these guys. We expect that that will lead to a better passing game for Joe Burrow. Let's talk a little bit about the running game. You've talked about the scheme a little bit. You've talked a little bit about how these guys uh, profile in terms of what kinds of plays they'll be able to run. What, what do you think for Joe Mixon the impact is with these guys blocking instead of their predecessors? I mean, I think Mixon's going to see holes that he hasn't seen since Oklahoma. The, I mean, this is definitely going to be the best offensive line he's ever run behind and by far the most power he's seen, especially on that right side. I mean, you get a double team from Lalo Collins and Alex Kappa, and that guy's moving. He's moving five yards downfield before they come off to the linebacker. So I think he's. I think Mixon's going to love uh, running behind these guys. I mean, I also think it'll be a little bit less than normal. So they're going to replace the volume with efficiency a little bit, which everybody wants anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think he's going to love it. I think, I don't think the wide zone is going away because I think that's Mixon's best ability is to run wide zone and hit the backside C gap when it opens up and the whole front is moved over 10 yards and he just runs behind it and scores a touchdown Southern against Tennessee, Las Vegas, a whole bunch of teams. So I think that's going to stay. I think that's Mixon's probably his favorite run play. It's not surprising that when Frank Pollock's his offensive line coordinator and he's doing all this wide zone that he's having career years. So yeah, I think the run game is going to be awesome. And well, at least for Mixon, he's, I don't think he's ever seen an offensive line like this in the NFL. So that's going to be really exciting to see how he does. It is. And the other part of this, I was talking to a friend on, it was right after the, the cons go got, got done. I guess it was Sunday night after everything was settled and we had recorded our pod and everything. This is where like the princes and the Deontay Smiths and all these guys need to be. And I think for the first time the Bengals went and got guys in their prime. Now these guys can learn and develop and not be going up against the Aaron Donalds and Nick Bosa's and whoever else that, you know, on day one. And so is the, the offensive lineman in you, Sands, this isn't even a film question, but are you excited to see these guys maybe develop now that they're not thrown into uh, not disadvantageous, I'm making up words, situations? Yes, but I also think that until they get left guard fixed, somebody might be thrown into disadvantageous <laughs> situations still. I mean, I, I mean, if they play Pittsburgh, I think you're going to probably try to – you look at that offensive line and you got the young guy at left guard, I would try to ISO up to it or Hayward on that guy most of the time just – 
you know, test his metal. But uh, hey, one question mark. I'm very excited to just see that on the offensive line. This is for me to watch. This is going to be the most fun I've had watching the offensive line since like 2015. I mean, this is going to be awesome. From four question marks on the offensive line to hopefully one. And the other part of that, James, like you said, on the development note, these guys just got a Super Bowl's worth of experience last year. They they played throughout the regular season and throughout the playoffs into a Super Bowl. And while you don't necessarily want to rely on all those guys because of what they put on the field and because of how they played in the Super Bowl, at least they got that experience and it should be beneficial to their development, especially for the younger guys, Hakeem Adeniji, Jackson Carmen, Isaiah Prince that are going to be back and fighting for backup and or starting roles in 2022 coming up next let's talk Hayden Hurst and his fit with this Bengals offense is unlike previous years the Bengals free agency focus has been on the offensive side of the ball today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto and you never want your transportation to be a question mark that's why you got to get to Rock Auto because they're always reliable and they're going to save you money on car parts any day of the week and you can shop from the comfort of your own home at rockauto.com. No going to the big box store and asking Earl if they have parts for your 1997 Daewoo. Nope, rockauto.com has you covered. Or if you drive a 2022 Mercedes-Benz, but like Jake Lisko, by the way, but you need to get new filters because I don't know why, Jake, you need new filters on your brand new car, but you do. Go to rockauto.com. They're going to have you covered there for less. So don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts when you can get them at rockauto.com. They've been in the business for more than two decades. Check them out right now at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car, truck, or Mercedes-Benz, and be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I do not drive a German car. Liar. For the record. Liar. For the record. Let's talk Hayden Hurst, guys. Hayden Hurst, the former Atlanta and Baltimore tight end, a first round pick. If you listen to his press conference, seems very excited for an opportunity to start again. Seems like he's ready to prove something, ready to prove that he can be a very productive tight end in the NFL. If you go watch how he plays, I certainly agree. I think, Mike, you mentioned earlier, he he can at least replace what C.J. Uzama did for the Bengals in the passing game. I think that his best year, he was lined up in wide receiver alignments or slot receiver alignments at a much higher rate than C.J. Uzama was last year for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think it'll look different. Mike, do you have the same impression when you look at what Hayden Hurst brings on the football field? Yeah, uh, I think he will line up wide more than CJ did. I still think the Bengals are probably going to put him in line from time to time because, well, 
when you run i've been talking about duo but duo is usually run to a tight end so that's the one part that's giving me a little bit of pause where i'm thinking well do you trust hayden hurst on the front side of a of a duo concept you have to a little bit you can't bring in sample for all those plays so a little bit i think he'll line up in line still but yeah when you put him out wide i think uh he gets matched up with a linebacker or a, a box safety he's usually faster than that guy and it's a mismatch not to the level of when you see Travis Kelsey on one of those guys, but hey, you can't really do that all game because especially with Burrow looking and seeing, okay, where you're in man coverage and you keep putting the box safety or even a linebacker over there, then we're going to exploit that. So I think he's going to replicate what CJ did in the passing game pretty seamlessly and take over what he does. I think he's a smart route runner. I think he can find those voids of the zone really well. I think he's got really reliable hands. Averages like a drop a season and uh, a little bit of weird fumble issues last year. I don't know if that'll keep up, but uh, I think overall for the passing game, he's probably equal and maybe even a slight bonus compared to what CJ did just because he is, more athletic and if he puts it really put really puts it all together he can be a little bit more of a deep threat um when it comes to the run game he's just uh, cj was a better run blocker <laughs> he's he's weirdly good at cut blocking and uh but not really much else and it's not that he's not willing it's just he's got kind of short arms and it really lets defenders control hold his hold him out put a hand in his chest and just shed his block pretty pretty easily but Maybe you see more split zone with him crossing across the line to just cut the backside end, or maybe he's just on the backside of zone plays more often than he's on the front side of anything. I think it's interesting. I think I think in the part that people are really going to care about the passing game, he's going to slide right in, and he's a former first-round pick for a reason. Look at you quoting him. He's a former first. I was a former first round pick for a reason. He said that like 12 times in seven minutes the other day. Um, and I'm not knocking him Bengals fence, but I'm just saying that's a fact. I did the counter. It's at least 12 times. We get it. 25th overall, Hayden. Uh, that being said, do you think the opportunity, he talked a ton about the opportunity, given how the Bengals use their tight ends. Drew Sample probably get a little more run. He was a second round pick for a reason, Bengals fans. <laughs> how about that? Um do you think he's going to get the opportunity that Hayden talked about? Like, cause he was like so focused on how he didn't get the opportunity he expected to get in Baltimore. Obviously it didn't happen in Atlanta after he had his breakout year in 2020. Cause well, Kyle Pitts is a freak, even though the Falcons should have either taken a quarterback or Jamar chase. Uh, but I'll leave that one alone. So do you think uh, that the Bengals are going to be able to give him this opportunity that he's uh, expecting them to give him and thinks that they're going to give him this season from a, a film standpoint. Does that line up? If that makes sense? Yeah, most likely. Yes. But part of me thinks that Hayden Hurst is cursed and the Bengals are going to draft a tight end, like the second or third round that <laughs> <laughs> takes like half his snaps or something, which I mean, it'd be great for us just to have some awesome rookie tight end. But that, that's what part of me thinks is that he's just any, everywhere he goes, he just brings along like, Oh, we found a gem in this draft, <laughs> but it, most likely, yes, he should get the biggest opportunity he's had since 2020. I mean, it's a one-year deal, so I do expect them to kind of address the long-term issue and draft a tight end, but who knows if that guy develops. And I'd expect, yeah, on film, he looks like he can handle it. So I think he can handle the volume. I think he can do. He can actually challenge defenses in the intermediate and deep areas of the field. And now that you can pass protect the intermediate areas of the field, and Joe Burrow really loves throwing those, I mean – you could see 
maybe his career year as, as long as he's not cursed and Jalen Weidermeyer doesn't become a 800 yard receiver at tight end. I was thinking Greg Dolchich, but uh, you know, whoever. Who, whoever you know what I'm that. thinking? Drew Sample extension. <laughs> <laughs> Drew you know, Sample shows why he was a second round pick because we're right. right. <laughs> it's, it's actually interesting. You bring that up James, because where I was going to go next is, is taking a look at kind of where they're at from a cap and cash perspective, because I'm still expecting them to spend more money and they're pretty low on cap space at this point. So to me, the, the next moves that I expect for the Bengals are like modest to small external free agents, if any, and potentially, you know, getting that long-term deal done with Jesse Bates or extensions potentially, and this might wait until after the draft, not for Drew Sample, but for uh, for Jermaine uh, Pratt potentially or Von Bell potentially or other guys like that that have been good and are going into the last years of their deal. But I, I do think that there's some more money to spend despite Jeff Hobson writing that they're done or taking a pause on external free agents. I, I think that we could still see a corner. We could still see a defensive tackle. We could still see... Uh, you know, depth wide receiver, these these sorts of things, a, a veteran left guard like Quentin Spain. But that being said, let's reflect on the guys they've they've brought in and uh take a quick let's see let's see where we're at for consensus, shall we? Let's rank one to one to what four? The the biggest free agent signings, the best free agent signings for the Bengals at this point a week in, a week and a day into the free agency period. And Mike, as our honored guest, I'll let you go first. Uh, all one through four, Law Collins, far and away number one. I mean, that's that's a get. <laughs> that's elite right tackle, borderline, somewhere around there. Alex Kappa is probably my second one, just with the age. I think he's a little bit better than Ted Karras. And uh, there's a lot of potential there, too. I think... I'd go Ted Karras at center for number three and Hayden Hurst number four. But I do think I like all of the signings and they all make sense to me. Let, let me ask you this. If BJ Hill is counted in your top four, does he displace one of those guys? Yeah, I think he would fit in between Kappa and Karras. That's where I, I think I'd have Hill. James, do you have any any differences of opinion from Mike? Because I actually yeah, do not. I do okay. easily. Yeah, About Hayden this. Hurst. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, plenty <laughs> about other stuff, of course. <laughs> but about this, um, Hayden Hurst is one. He was a first round pick for a reason. Uh, <laughs> two for me is got to be Alex Kappa, you know, third rounder. Um, three for me, Karis, sixth rounder. And then Lyle Collins is fourth because, dude, he went undrafted. Like, how are we going <laughs> to? I'm just kidding. All right, I'm done. You're right. I mean, they're, they're asking an undrafted <laughs> tackle to come in here and start at right tackle. What are we doing? He We've been un- asking them to get a proven right tackle for years. He was undrafted for a reason. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being mean as hell to Hayden Hurst. Okay. First off, Hayden, I'm just kidding. I'm having a little fun. Uh, it's been a long couple of weeks. That being said, it's obviously Collins one, Kappa two, because I think he could end up. Again, I said this on on Monday's show. There is a scenario where he ends up being their second best lineman. You hope it's not the case, and you hope it's Jonah, but there's a chance. Um, and so, Kappa two, oh, probably you know, Karis three, and then uh, Hurst four, and I, and I think that's fair. The the thing I love about Karis is his versatility, mm-hmm. and so would I give him the slight edge over a hill? Like if it was like player for player, maybe because because of the importance. Like, I don't give it, I, like, I've said this, just protect nine. 
well, he's going to be able to do that at multiple spots if you need him to. That being said, obviously, Hill's the better player. So um, I, I get putting Hill third if we're including him in that. Um, let me ask you guys this. where does I would actually put Hill second if we were including him just because I, I think he's also a better player than Alex Kappa, at least last year. But it, it's close. It's but, but go ahead. Where would Bates rank? <laughs> do it. Come on, do it. <laughs> Positional important, yeah. I was gonna say second, just because I think Collins is in the more important position for the team. For for me, I they they signed two guys that I gave a one to in our tier list, and they're Lyle Collins and Jesse Bates. And gotcha. when you look at what this team needs and the the difference from Lyle Collins to the you know Riley Reef kind of guy, and the difference between Jesse Bates and I don't even know who it would be. I mean, I guess it's close, but just with the offensive line issues they've had, the the healthy Lyle Collins difference should be massive. But it, it is really close, I think. Is it? Is it? Where would he be for you, James? Yeah, it, it's probably two. I mean, neither one has been an All Pro or a Pro Bowler. You could see both ascending to that level. Hopefully, this year and. Uh, and, and so that part matters. But yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully we're talking about Kappa, Collins, and Bates all becoming Pro Bowl level players in 2022. I, it wouldn't shock me, right? And so hopefully it happens. And that's really what you hope for, right? Is that they found these guys like Chidobe Awuzie, like Mike Hilton, who are going to continue to to play at or higher than the level that they were on their previous teams. That's actually really hard to do in free agency. A lot of times yeah. you sign free agents and they play worse. And the Bengals have nailed free agency for the last three years, two years. I guess we don't know about this year yet. The last two years outside of Trey Waynes, who just never had an opportunity to show that the faith they put in him was justified. So we really don't know. He got hurt. That's that's a brutal situation. Uh, a little disappointed. We haven't talked about Josh Tupo in the top four. <laughs> I missed that one. I should have ranked him ahead of Collins, too, to really make people. <laughs> yeah, we did get Josh Tupo. Contract I think details, wasn't he? He was either late day three or undrafted, I believe, undrafted because he was a restricted free agent. So, uh, Josh Tupo, by the way, we got the terms on his deal 1.4 million dollar cap hit in 2022. And, and let's wrap there. We've got the film takeaways from Mike about all of the Bengals' new acquisitions, and we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe the Bengals make a move. Maybe they don't. Maybe we have to start looking ahead to the draft. I know for me, guys, after the Lyle Collins deal went pen to paper is when my brain shifted and was like, okay, it's time to really shift attention to the draft. Although I do still think there may be some free agent moves coming. Josh Tupo, undrafted, by the way. Undrafted, 2017. Good clarification. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter joined us today for the film breakdown, and we'll be back tomorrow. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.